I don't get the it. Song. Yeah. What song? What song? Drift, drift, drift. This is the oh. culture podcast. It's <laughs> gonna be the intro right there. Wait, you have to you have to use the song. Buy the license, whatever it takes. <laughs> Carolina, why don't you drop our intro? Hi, yeah. This is the culture podcast. I'm Carolina, and I'm the only one that did the homework assignment. <laughs> I'm Afton oh. Corbin. I'm Michael Yates. I'm Lee Tang. I'm Judith Angulo. And I'm Charles Chu. And today we'll be talking about imposter syndrome. And then we were oh. supposed to be talking about a couple movies that only Carolina watched. So <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. You, in the email, you said I have backup stuff in case it doesn't happen. So that told me it was an emergency. I could enjoy my weekend. Yeah, no, it's fine. Boston, Do you want to give just like a quick, I don't know, one sentence review of all the movies you watched, Carolina? Uh, let's see. Um, Memories of Murders uh dark really good um zodiac is you know this movie the one thing i i really really it's really long um i think uh the reason that it's wrong long sorry wow (laughs) the reason that it's long is that it's a little wrong too uh, it could have been you know two movies maybe but um it really ma- like puts you in, uh, you know, kind of like the mind of like a sleuth. Like you really, they really have you feeling like you could solve this thing with them, you know? Um, in fact, even though I didn't do the homework, y'all, they, this year, they just, someone finally was able to crack the code of what the Zodiac mm-hmm. was. Yeah. It was this week, right? Yeah. yeah this week. Yeah. So, yeah. so I thought about it, Charles. I thought about doing the work. That counts. Almost. That counts. Great. Yeah. Yeah. that, Professor. Yeah. Um, and it, actually, because I was reading also the trivia on like IMDb, um, and Bong Joon Ho. No, you're good. Bong Joon Ho. Bong Joon Ho. Yes. June. June. He, he, Bong Joon mm-hmm. Ho. Okay. <laughs> he. he <laughs> he loves the Zodiac. He said that it was like the perfect movie, which is very interesting. Um, and I'm, I'm sure Fincher has also watched Memories of Murder. They ha- they did have a lot of similarities, so it was a, it was cool yeah. to watch them back to back. And they um, came around. They came out around the same time, same time. I think. Right. Year. Right? Yeah, I think couple years different. Yeah. Both are good movies. Yeah. Both. Them. Yeah. Well, I don't want to say any spoilers. So, but. For Athens, the people like, here, it's for the Afton, I guess. <laughs> you say they're old, like that means anything to me. I, I like, I still didn't see it. Well, it's just like a statute of limitations thing, no. right? Like, no. like I'm gonna spoil Casablanca. It's like, no, don't spoil Casablanca. Is is there anything to spoil in Casablanca? <laughs> yeah, they don't end up together. It's a big spoilers. I've actually it, never yeah. seen it. So it's it's like, a slow what? burn. I they don't like, end up together. See, it's a slow burn. It's, like, you know, it's not very interesting. <laughs> that sounds terrible. How long is it? What's the runtime? It's short, uh, but it feels long. Mm, it's a movie of its time. <laughs> Look, anything, if I if I see a runtime that's over 120 minutes, I'm already like, I hate you. You that's know what most I mean? Things, you know? Though. Bro, you made like me watch depends. the Zodiac is three hours long. <laughs> <laughs> There's some movies tonight. But oh, she broed you. <laughs> I know. I really do think there's some movies that I love that don't need to be three hours long, though. 
Yeah. Like I'm thinking about some masterpieces, like, and I, you know, I feel like awful saying this and, you know, take my word with a grain of salt because I have not directed a full film, but like I've seen some Kurosawa films. I'm like, these are amazing. I still feel like you can do this in two hours. I still feel like you can do this in two hours. <laughs> I think it's a product of his time again. I feel like, I feel like back then, like you didn't have anything else to do. Like you went to the movies, you were chilling. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I think I'm we'll more money offended by, by movies right now. Like the Irishman, which I didn't watch because it was like, long. You know what I mean? It's it's like I, I can't give any more energy. To... I'm like, yeah. hey, y'all want to do a three hour? It, it depends movie? for me. Like if Quran comes out with a three hour movie, I'm all on board for it. Oh yeah. I'm like I'm there but all three gonna, hours. But, <laughs> but are you gonna be mad though? A little bit? I'm gonna be a little mad. I'm gonna be like, not if it's good. Nope. I'm gonna be like, I'm you be have my, no. I'm like, you have my money. I'm gonna go see it, and you're abusing your power because you know I'm gonna sit through it. And if I it's wish- good, you know, abuse me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good question. That's a good that's shirt a, tag. Hmm. That's a good question. I think you like, need to cut in the music again right after he says it. Like, what director would you sit in? Would you sit for like over three hours? I don't know. I don't know. I would say Karan. Nolan. No. He's already no. done that. What are you talking about? He's already done that to you. So and I sit times. through it every time. No, I said no. No. I was like, I'm over it. I'm, I can't. I'd I think Fincher. for me. Bill Anu. I think for me, it would be Steve McQueen. How long was 12 years? Three. It's like two and a half. 12 years? Oh. 12 years oh. like, I knew it. <laughs> Someone's got to call it. This mic. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't enjoy sitting through that one. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> It was uncomfortable to sit through. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to enjoy a lot of it, actually. <sighs> I mean, yeah, I don't know if he's made a, another three-plus-hour movie, but I, if he did, I would sit through it. I mean, you know what? I just think it would be like a fun – I think right now doing three-hour films is like the cool thing to do if you're a really thoughtful director. And I'm just saying, like, what if we try to go the other route and what if we just try to get everything done in <laughs> an hour just, just to see – like you know, mm-hmm. like just to to break it up a little bit and like see how much you can get through in quick quick bursts. Have you have you guys seen a, a ghost story? Oh, I've wanted mm-hmm. to. I haven't. Yeah. It, it's a good short? movie, but and it's it's not long, but in the beginning it feels long. There's like there's a shot where he sits on it for like so long, and I was so angry. I was like, why <laughs> are you that... making me sit through this shot right now? Is it the Is one the on? One? Casey oh. Affleck. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is the shot you're talking about dessert based? Yes. Oh, yes. I thought it was an amazing performance though. I'm like, oh my no, god, yeah, look at her. Yeah, keep going. Sure, but <laughs> respect my cut time. already. <laughs> respect your time. I got things to do. Yeah, let's go. Let's move it. Busy man. Right. It's only an hour and a half. It's only an hour and a half movie. So imposter uh, w- syndrome. Yeah. yeah. Are we talking about imposter syndrome? Oh my God. Should we talk about what it means? We have a definition. A West mm-hmm. Webster. Oh. Yates, what is imposter syndrome? Well, thanks for asking. Imposter syndrome, <laughs> also known as imposter phenomenon, imposterism, fraud syndrome, or imposter experience, is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their skills, talents, or accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Oh. Wow. 
I didn't know it had all those <laughs> other names I was called. I think it comes in waves, you know, like you first starting out uh, as a PA or for me, for me specifically, or, you know, like as a green coordinator, you feel it a lot. And now I'm like six years in, I'm like, oh, I, you know, I got this. I know what I'm doing. I think, and then if I were to start something new, I would probably feel it again. <laughs> um, it's sometimes so contextual, depending on also who you're surrounded with. I think mm -hmm. that has to do with it or how, you know, confident you're feeling and what you're doing. In story, is it the same? Like, you know, I'm sure it's worse when you're an intern, right? Like, say you get accepted to a studio as an intern, but it's like, is it before pitching or is it like, what, when is it like, do you feel it comes in like the biggest wave for you guys? know if it's a wave for me at least to me it's like silently in the background at all times at a very uh sometimes it's a dull roar and sometimes it's easy to be like dude shut up like I'm just gonna do this thing and then as soon as you get one too many notes or something you're like then the voice gets louder and you're like eh, I knew it I knew it oh I knew it here it comes um and then later I can be like okay that's ridiculous let's just calm down and like so it's always there it's just when I choose to uh, recognize it. But it is notes. Notes really kind of, the, it, it, you know, when we do screenings, because I agree with that, but then it's kind of like, oh, it's always there. But like notes is showing your work, then having people comment it, super vulnerable, super vulnerable space. And they're going to say stuff that they don't even mean to be negative, but <clears throat> there can be a tendency to just kind of like absorb. It's like they didn't like it. They didn't like it. It's like we're so negatively averse as a species that we take like the notes, like the criticism notes and like amplify that even if we got a ton of like positive notes. Yeah, for sure. I feel like anytime you have like some kind of a failure or misstep is when I feel it the most. Um, even if it's like, like sometimes you'll be boarding something and then you just make like a a fundamentals mistake and someone points it out and then you're just like i'm six years in the game i'm still making these kind of mistakes i don't know what's <laughs> happening how did i get here they're gonna fire me tomorrow <laughs> just like will i ever learn how to do this that kind of thing and then even beyond that it's just like like what you're saying lee anytime you show anything and it's just like kind of the nature of showing anyone anything you're gonna get their notes on it but in your in the back of your mind, you're kind of hoping for they're just like, this is amazing. You need to just put this yeah. out. But that never happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's I get like, imposter syndrome also before I show something too. Mm -hmm. Like um, it's usually to me, the notes aren't even usually that bad. I mean, every once in a while there'll be that 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 one <laughs> pitch that's just like, you know, bad day. But usually it's beforehand. Like um I'll go to a bunch of screenings or I'll, some people doing concept artwork and I'm like, I can't rise to this quality. Look at this. Like, and then you're going to pitch this thing tomorrow. Like this is, it's don't even, don't even show it. It's so bad. Don't even show it. And so I think it's like the comparison. It's usually for me when I start comparing myself to my, my coworkers who are really immensely talented, but they're, their skill set is different than mine. So as soon as I start like looking at their stuff, then I start freaking mm -hmm. out. I have a hard time. It's a comparison thing that makes me feel like because we work with people who are crazy good at what they do, it's hard not to compare and then feel like, damn, I'm not as good as they are <laughs> at, at doing this, you know, Spe like 
Yeah, and it's mostly before before pitch. But sometimes when there's like stacked pitches, and some people like crush crush their pitch, you know what I mean. But then like yeah. you get like yeah. a couple yeah. more notes, yeah. and you're like, yeah. Mm. I used to guys. <laughs> I used to go through. I used to go through because we get all of our notes for all of the pitches sent when I were on Toy Story Four and and one email doc, and I would like count how many notes. My, oh, wow. my team, I forgot about this till just this moment. I, re- I would count how yeah. many notes my teammates got in comparison to me, which means mm-hmm. nothing. It could mean like the director, like didn't have a different vision for the scene or whatever. The scene's longer, but I would like literally sit there and count like, oh, I still have the most notes out of everyone in the show. I just got hired. This is my first gig. Of course, I'm going to have the most notes mm-hmm. out of everyone there, but I would like equate that with like, I'm falling behind. That could be misinterpreted because number of notes doesn't mean they're big notes either. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. one note is like, could you put him on the other side of the screen, which yeah, is super I fix. small. Yeah. And another note is like, the scene isn't working. Uh, the emotion isn't felt. It's like, oh, those are two notes, but they're not equally the same weight. Mm-hmm. I remember the first movie I worked on, uh, I think it was like the first month just watching other people pitch. One guy pitched the scene. And then at the end of the scene, the director was just like, that was great. No notes. And I was just like, what? This is possible? That means I have to do this. And then from then on, I was just like, how do I get there? How do I get there? How do I get there? And then I felt like overall, it was so unhealthy because you start to try to guess what the director is going to like, but to an unhealthy degree where you start to censor yourself and it ends up hurting the movie overall. It's such a, sometimes I feel like the comparison thing is such a slippery slope because then you're not really figuring out like, what do you bring to the table? Yeah, yeah. it hurts the movie. And it also hurts, it robs from you individually as, a, as an artist too. Because now you're just trying to distill yourself down to something you expect someone to fit instead of doing what speaks to you specifically. Mm-hmm. I feel like I like only recently have been like kind of discovering that I was trying to predict the notes that I was going to get like taste wise instead of like trusting my instincts on, um, on certain choices. And, uh, yeah, then it's like, you don't even know what you like anymore, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it hurts you as an artist. And you're also just not having fun with it anymore. It's like you're, it's becomes like this thing of quotas of like, you're, you got a checklist you're trying to hit and you're not really thinking deeply about, the film itself and like what you want to watch yeah it's wait you guys having fun (laughs) every day lee every day that's cool he's just trying to get a paycheck (laughs) (laughs) what do you want all right yeah fine (laughs) it's so living i think when i was an assistant editor uh like after a certain amount of time, like I, I definitely felt the imposter syndrome, but after a certain amount of time, like kind of like Carolina, I felt like I was pretty capable of the job and felt pretty confident. I definitely think story, <laughs> I, I just don't feel comp- competent ever. <laughs> I, I definitely, <clears throat> I feel like if I was in, uh, definitely if I was in a role where I'm always getting feedback, like art or story, I feel like I would, be in a puddle of tears every day because <laughs> I, I just know I wouldn't be able to handle it well. Um, and that's, I think, I'm, I'm just thinking like, it feels like that's where, I wish we were trained more to be uncomfortable 
or more comfortable in those uncomfortable situations where it's like we're always I don't know I grew up so like so like uh you know like I needed to get that a in my class or like you know or I failed there's no there's no measure of like you made it in the art world it's all subjective mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. yeah you might be really great on this show but you might struggle on this other show yeah and you're never yeah. you're never like feel secure you're you're footing is always like it's always mm -hmm. slippery underneath you you never know and there's always um you can always get better and that's like great on one end but also like super stressful on the other that's an important thing that you mentioned is fit like uh not everyone fits on every kind of project the projects can be so different from each other and seeing you you're like you and the project not being a good fit as a failure on uh, on your own ability to perform isn't isn't necessarily accurate it's just you know the show is different it's not necessarily what you as a person and an artist um kind of bring it's not necessarily the requirements you guys it just thinks you're not just syncing up with a it's not you're failing it's mm -hmm. it's a fit that doesn't kind of work it's a hard assignment and it's a bad week i feel like i so quickly jumped to like i'm a terrible artist as opposed to like this is a really hard scene the director didn't even figure it out all the way they just gave it to you in the hopes that you could maybe figure it out but like i'm over here like my worth as a creator is like mm -hmm. <laughs> is is garbage now because i can't master this scene and board it to the full ability or i think another thing that i do too is if the scene gets taken from me because it happens this life the scenes might get taken thrown around or repurposed given to another story artist i'm like directly i failed <laughs> so this is given to someone else because they're yeah. gonna board it. and then i see what they do with it especially if they've done my shots similar shots to mine but better and correct <laughs> and yeah. like, well there's visual <laughs> proof that i can't do yeah. the job <laughs> That yeah, those hurt, but then you also learn so much from those. It's true. You're like, yeah. oh, that's why I failed. <laughs> <laughs> you are better. But also, I have to admit, they were able kinda, to kind of right. They were able to benefit from seeing your version, though. Like they right, stood right. on your shoulders. Yeah. They didn't. Yeah, like, it's like when you loosen up the pickle jar, right? And then they <laughs> open the pickle jar. You're like, but I loosened it for you. <laughs> so beautiful i think one uh, thing that also helped a lot with me in this situation was like uh being at the studio and seeing like all the the big directors whose movies i really liked and seeing what the actual process was and i'm like oh nobody knows how to make a movie you're kind of just trying stuff and then you're just hoping you make it at the end and yes. then you're like okay everyone's kind of just doing that yes yeah. that that helped me that realization helped me a lot in college where i felt like lost like i i had major imposter syndrome and then i was in this class and i felt like i had no idea what was going on and then i some at, at a certain point <clears throat> um i think i like had like my first like pa my first and only panic attack and i didn't know what was going on um and then i realized like wait a minute no one else knows in, in this class knows what's going on. Everyone mm -hmm. is just like faking it. Mm -hmm. And that's how you like go through life. Like all these rich kids in my class, they were just like faking it and, and faking their confidence. And, um, 
And the teacher was just really bad at structuring her class. <laughs> so, she's trying to fake it too. Yeah, she's an imposter. She's like, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Am yeah. I even really a teacher? That's that a professor's so much better than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I just like, it, it just opened my eyes. I don't know what happened that I was just like, whoa, no, this is, I can, I can fake it too. I, I'm going to be good at this. And, and that helped me so much finish, finish college. That's funny. Caroline, I had a very similar experience because I, I went to community college first and I was like, all my friends were going to um, UCLA at the time. And I was like, damn, I'm hella dumb. And then, and then something happened and I was like, wait, y'all aren't that smart. Either. Exactly. <laughs> you guys were smart. Save that money. And then I got to, yeah. when I got there, I was like, oh, like I had the same kind of realization. I was like, oh, you guys are just normal. Like, you know what I mean? I found that really motivating for some reason. Maybe that's not healthy. <laughs> no, it, no, it is. I like I've been, good. I've done that in meetings before where I've been in like, you know, trust meetings and whatever and being like, oh my gosh, these are all the, the great thinkers of Pixar. <laughs> and then you hear them give an idea like, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it feels, yeah. it feels, you feel exactly. so good. You're like, okay, so we're all, uh-huh. We're uh-huh. all in the same, like, we can just say mm-hmm. whatever. We just can say stupid mm-hmm. ideas. It's like a game of numbers. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's going to come out. That's yeah. just how we do this year. Um, where it's like, it, and I've, I'm working with Pete Doctor on Soul uh, was super helpful too, because Pete was really good at uh, being like, here's a dumb idea. Like, I just had this mm-hmm. stupid thought. Like, it's been, yeah. don't, don't do it. Actually, it's just, no, don't, don't even. And I was like, oh, this is, he's like, you know, it's, it's P doctor. Like he's made all these amazing stuff and he's still like self-conscious about his ideas that he's bringing to the table. It's, it's a continual learning Mm -hmm. process. That's also a good way to prime that idea for you. Where he's like, no, it's not stupid. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great (laughs) technique. It's good. I I like Hmm. it. I love it. No, write it down. Write it down. Yeah. We should do it. Just to jump off of the, the whole like meetings and stuff. The other thing I noticed was like, uh, the first time going into those meetings, it's like, oh man, these people are so smart. They're talking so much. They all have it together. And then once you kind of figure out what's happening, you realize some people just talk and they're not really saying anything, mm-hmm. but they're so good at it. Mm-hmm. And then like, yep. yeah. after you analyze what they said, I'm like, you didn't really say anything or you just repeated <laughs> what this person said mm-hmm. in a different Louder way. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask, um, in those moments where you feel like an imposter or like, you feel like you've kind of failed, what? Well, like what drives you to keep doing it? Well, the sobering thing is I have to get paid at the end of the week. So I got to do something or I will lose I my job. <laughs> <laughs> I have a weird reaction. Not weird, but like um, probably unhealthy reaction is like, you know, what? I'm just going to train harder. I'm not going to, I'm going to whiplash the situation and I'm just not going to sleep. I'm going to learn how to be the best story artist you I can You missed the be. moral of that movie, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it just yeah. like, you know, I'll just, I'll just work hard, which is, I learned, um, another part of imposter syndrome. Like I'm not talented, but I'm just a really hard worker and I can work my yeah. way out of this mm-hmm. situation, which is not true. You are talented and, you know, you should accept yeah. that, but I'm just like, you know what, I'll just buckle down and like really focus on what this artist is doing to be good and like obsess about how to get better. But don't you think don't a part you- of that has made you as good as you are now you know what I mean yes and no I feel like I could have done the same thing and been less stressed out I was a lot of anxiety for nothing because when I relaxed 
and did the same thing, it was 10 times more effective. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes I do what you were talking about often of like, I just go harder. I think about like uh, Michael Jordan in the last dance where you just make imaginary enemies. And sometimes I do that <laughs> where it's like, oh, the director didn't like this scene. He's going to love this next one. I'm going to, I'm going to show him. I'm going to show him. <laughs> Which is probably not the healthiest thing. So I don't know if that's a good idea, but it, I guess it, it stops me from quitting. <laughs> it's that meme. And I took that personally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep like, I feel like I'll always have some aspect of it and it changes like what Carolina talked about when we were really like green. There's things that I don't feel is impostery about, but there's always going to be something, but we just do keep going. Like, I don't really know. And I guess it's the job and also like the service of like being a professional, you mm -hmm. still have to get up and do what's do the best work you can do with the situation you still have. And I think since there's like words to it now, like I knew it was, it's like, you know, my negative thoughts or whatever, but then, you know, you get older, I guess, and you get an education and then there's imposter syndrome, like to, to name it. So now that I know there's like a name for it, when I'm going through it, I'm like, well, you know what this is, let's just <laughs> yeah. like, you know, mm -hmm. let's ride this out and we, we're going to keep doing our work because that's what we need to do. And it's going to be like, even in that moment, I'm like, all right, let's just, you know, let's just keep working. It's going to be fine. And just like acknowledging it and not trying to ignore it, I guess, is like, you know, therapy, it's what they tell you <laughs> to do and not like try to pretend like it's not happening. It's okay. You had a bad pitch. You're, you can't do whatever you need to do. And just like being, uh, okay, I'm, I'm upset right now. That's fine. And then after that being like, but I'm, I'm going to keep working. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't have to be the best storyboard artist in the world today. It's okay. Yeah. And taking some of the drama out of it. I think for me, it's a lot of unnecessary drama. Like I'm the worst person on this show. I'm weighing the team down. And it's like, you're not that special. First of all, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. just relax. And yeah. like, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> like you could always mm -hmm. just go down the hall and ask for help. Right. Yeah. I feel like that that's actually a good life like lesson yeah. is like nobody cares about you as much as you do <laughs> like, you know what i mean like it's not that big of a deal my mom cares about me Charles, but not as much as you think lee uh, true. True. she likes you a healthy amount <laughs> yeah like a normal amount. i mean even what also helps me honestly this kind of connects to what was brought up earlier it's like we compare ourselves they're doing the same thing mm -hmm. like the person you're comparing yourself to that you think oh my gosh they're so amazing they have these same thoughts, most likely. I'm sure like a small, very small percentage of there's that don't, but uh, all of us kind of, I would say generally have those feelings. And like a feeling that we all have it and people keep going helps me a little. You can still have it and keep going. I always love, I mentioned this before, but like I always really like when artists on their uh, social media show like their old stuff and mm -hmm. you just see like how much they've grown or changed and you're like, okay, like I'm not there. Maybe I'm not there yet, but there's time. You just right. keep going at it and <laughs> yeah. get better, you know? Versus like, oh, I just did this for in 30 minutes. This gorgeous thing that they had done. <laughs> I think with something that's patronizing too, even though I know it's not intended to be, is when they show like the the finished art piece and they show the time lapse and they're like, I just drew a circle and then I put some color on it and then I did it. So this was like, this was so hard. 
<laughs> and then I shaded it and I'm like, first of all, like, I think part of that is a bit of a lie because I think it's going so fast. This is like maybe happening over the course mm-hmm. of several hours of like trial and error, but seeing it go so fast, I'm just like, their minds are like, how are they, how are they doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, even though how we I, feel about time lapses overall <laughs> as a group. <laughs> I, I love them. I think like if I was, I wish I had the confidence to do one of those just to be like, this is how you get here, kids, if you want to mm-hmm. do it. But I don't know. Do you guys feel like it takes the magic away? No, I think it's magical. Because oh. I'm Are like, where's all to... your underdrawing? Like, <laughs> where the hell is <laughs> the mystery? You know how to draw a hand just like like that? <laughs> like, I don't even, I stopped watching ones where it's just like clearly out of my range. And like, I know what my range is now. Not that I can't like grow and become better, but like I have a specific style that I'm like working towards improving and stuff like that and like growing that way. And then there'll be some artists where I'm like, you know, beautiful portrait painters, let's say. And I'm like, you're just torturing yourself at this point where you're like sitting there watching them like, yeah, it's not even that hard. And you're like, okay, it's, let me just close that. Um, (laughs) I think that's a good point too. Like, you know, with social media and um, other artists it's hard not to be like oh kind of look at what they're doing and be like should I be doing that and then also <laughs> yeah. getting yeah. that imposter syndrome there where like oh yeah. maybe I should be that type of artist uh, and if they get the numbers like if they get like huge numbers like, yes numbers mean numbers. mean nothing and I'm saying that with uh Lee Tang and Mike Gates <laughs> who have a crazy amount of followers on here um half of them are probably I mean, fake they probably bought them no, they bought money. Them. <laughs> So don't get even shoes. How do I get shoes out of this? Um, but like, you know, we all work for a studio and like we all have our wide range of successes there. And like, mm-hmm. I think sometimes getting caught up in how many people are, are following you is like, I, I remember thinking that back in the day it was uh, Tumblr and like getting those followers for Tumblr really felt like it was super important. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. It really, it really doesn't matter. I mean, it's nice mm-hmm. for exposure purposes, but never when we're rec- recruiting, do we say like, oh, their art's kind of good. They only have 500 followers. I don't know. I don't know if their art's going to hold up. It's, 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 if your art is good and you're working hard and you're coming from a truthful place, it, that doesn't really mm-hmm. matter. Mm-hmm. No. I've, but I've seen, I know that like on that exposure end, people with large amounts of followers do get jobs. Mm-hmm. you know what right. i mean but right. their work is also good so you should i think everyone should post their art online because i think it's a great way to get seen to get practice um but it doesn't equate worth i guess is what i'm saying yeah i mean because i've yeah. seen the opposite too where like amazing artists don't have that many followers mm-hmm. you know it's whatever it's it's this you know the exposure of it or whatever it, that is like but I love their work, love it so much, and they don't have they have like a you know a humble amount of followers, so it's not none of this really translate one to one. It's interesting. I think the dangerous part to me is always just like if you get a big f- reaction on something and mm-hmm. wanting to replicate that, you kind of hurt yourself from trying other things because you're just trying to get the success instead of just. And you start to do things that you, I don't know, it it can get to a point where you like, you know, what's going to work and what's not. And then mm-hmm. you just stop doing other stuff mm-hmm. and you're not really challenging yourself or your audience. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always, I feel like whenever there's like a movie, like there's fan art and people capitalize on it or like mm. do something like that. And that's fine. I mean, that's cool. But it also, I'm like, oh, should I be doing a fan art? But I don't like doing fan art. So why would I do that? You know? It all boils yeah. down to comparison because there are some people who love doing fan art. And if mm-hmm. you do it, do it all yeah, on yeah. your page if it makes you happy. Um, I think it's just when you're like, dang, my art is not getting as many likes as whoever. And like, should I be doing what they're doing? What do, what do I need to do to get more attention? And I, I think that's when it's negative. Um, just all about that comparison, just like doing what makes you happy. And I think that's why I started posting stuff online. It was just to force myself to um, be confident in my work and just to like, I couldn't, I put it online. I couldn't remove it. I could, but you know, everyone already saw it. So it's too late. <laughs> that's the reason why I started doing it. And mm-hmm. like, not because I was like, I really hope people, you know, I get seen or noticed because of it. It happened. That happened. It's a nice, it's a nice. Um, I do. Yeah. On the, on the positive side. I mean, I don't, you know, I think uh, people I've seen grow. They're very, they, it keeps them very consistent with producing art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, uh, also accountability, you know, if they're doing their own thing and they're like, I'm going to keep posting every day. That's, I think yeah. that's a really cool thing, you know? Even just the, like, why are you making stuff is to show people. It's like a great way to do that. I did ask people on Instagram um, to submit questions to us, like about imposter syndrome. So I just want to leave like 10 minutes at the end. Cool. Oh, one more thing I wanted to say about imposter syndrome um, that we learned is that imposter syndrome affects people of color a lot more than it affects other people because of the pressure of feeling like you're the token in the room and like, oh, they hired me because I'm, you know, black or what have you. And uh, as soon as they find another more capable black person, (laughs) I'm out. Um, And that, you know, I really hope that's not your reality. The person who's who's feeling this way. Um, But I think at the end of the day, once again, you just have to do what you're what you're good at. I know that you're going to yeah. learn and, and continue to grow. I mean, I know for me, it wasn't true. I had a lot of things I told myself. Um, and once again, you're not giving yourself credit and enjoying the fact that you got there because of your talent and your hard work. And yeah, but it is a real pressure. It is a pressure that a lot of, I know I felt that way when I got hired for sure. I faced like an interesting one recently. I was talking to someone and they were like talking about my resume and they were like, oh my gosh, there's such big places, right? The big studios and stuff. And uh, he like aspired to work at big studios. But I, my thing, it was like, just because you work at big places doesn't mean, because I've been at big places that, and I've seen people that are like, mm, I, I don't, I wouldn't hire them if I was in that, in a position to hire necessarily, right? And I've seen people that work at places that are, kind of like lesser known, right? That are amazingly talented. So also your resume doesn't nec- doesn't define you either mm-hmm. as an artist. It defines mm-hmm. where you've worked, yeah. but it doesn't necessarily mean this is, you know, if you don't have to be at big places, it's just mean that you're valuable as an artist. And if you're not at a big place, it doesn't mean you're invaluable as an artist either. I think people really love some of the work that comes out of 
uh, some larger feature companies, which is awesome, but it's the result of a lot of people. It's not just like, you know, and all these Mm -hmm. people individually are good. It's not like, I don't know. I think sometimes you get caught up in the name and like, there's a lot of really talented people at smaller studios too. There's like a lot of reasons why things are successful and you can't just chalk it up to like, if I don't work there, I'm not going to be successful. Um, I mean, a lot of the things that influenced me were from TV or, you know, other shorts that I've watched. It doesn't really have to, you can make whatever situation you want out of, uh, into a good one. So there's a lot of interesting TV happening right now. So So much good TV going on right now. Interesting why that Uh mentality still exists. I mean, it's always good to aspire, but I don't, I don't know. It's just like, it's bad when you start putting it on a pedestal, right? Where you're like, yeah. oh, I'm not as good yeah. as those guys over there. It's, just, it's all yeah. an illusion. I think it's, yeah, really figuring out who you are as an artist and like what you want out of being an artist is a big part of it, you know? Like if you grew yeah. up on like big feature films, like Disney movies and like features where you want to go, that's cool. But then like, if not, if you grew up on TV and you're in TV, like, you just do you like what's your high level for yourself you know yeah different for everyone I, and i also think uh this is more universal that like uh it, it all depends also on sometimes the people you surround yourself with is more important than the the it, what you're doing like you know it doesn't matter if you're in a feature in a television project you know if the people around you are all good people that you love working with that's gonna make or break your experience i think judith do you want to hit us with some of those questions so at honey honey beeble asks does it ever go away and is confidence key um and does it ever affect kind of like the higher ability or retention despite your portfolio uh, I can jump in first. I don't think it ever really goes away, at least not yet. I think it gets better though. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel like it's, even though it's, it could be a good thing. I think sometimes if you're too confident, you're not open to suggestions that can make things better. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something, it's always a, an interesting line to walk, even with just like in meetings, the way the words that I use, I'm always like, am I saying this to like not confident enough where it comes off a certain way versus if you say it a different way, uh, it can come off too confident and then no one wants to respond to you or give you any kind of feedback that they might have. And I feel like ultimately you just want to make the best thing possible and it's less about any individual person. And what was the last part? Has imposter, has imposter syndrome ever affected your higher ability? Or your retention despite oh. your portfolio so i think this questions uh, to me at least has to do with like i guess you could you could let your imposter syndrome be so bad that it cripples you from applying for jobs or um or putting together port, putting together a portfolio and i'd say that there were some some students back in mm-hmm. cal arts who never did any work and whenever we talked to them they were like mm-hmm. i only want to show the best i'm working on it i'm still fixing it and like i only want to show them my final product that's like good which that's not how it works you're never going to be 100 satisfied with your work you just have to learn to let it go 
And studios are very used to seeing work in progress. It's like our job as story artists is work in progress. It's never published. It gets animated and looks better. Like our job is yeah. to be continually. We just iterating. run out of time. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you have to check your imposter system sy- syndrome. You have to um, let it do its thing for a second. Then you have to tell it to shut up. Otherwise you will be, cri- you, you, you won't be able to do anything. Um, and you want to like your love for art and and storytelling should always be louder than the imposter syndrome or yeah you'll be able to function right i think like the almost the worst thing is that you don't end up making anything because Mm. i like i remember going to this bookstore uh comic book store back in like north hollywood and i was just looking at some of the like independent comics and they're huge books some of them i'm like man these people I have no idea if any of these are good. I haven't read most of these, but like they, they did it. Like they put something out mm-hmm. and they, you know, sheer willpower, bravery, and kind of creativity and all that stuff. Like they, good or bad, they accomplished something amazing putting their work out there. And they made, they made that more important than their fear. Yeah, you should use it to like, I always, when I, I, you always finish a project and you know how you would do it better. Right. And you should take that energy into your next project. You shouldn't mm. turn and be like, I'm going to fix it. You have to let it go and then be like, Ooh, for the next one. And that's, you just mm-hmm. keep doing that over and over yeah. again until yeah. you die. Cause you never, <laughs> 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 you're never going to get better if you don't do anything. Like there's nothing yeah. to, yeah. Mm-hmm. to elevate from cause there's nothing there. I feel right. like in school when I when I was like had friends like that as well who would just like the fear of failure was so great they just wouldn't do anything. I feel like the thing that combats that is just having a lot of student loans because then you kind of have no choice, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and the money is what drives yeah, you. Gotta you. Figure out the, yeah. Capitalism. It's like I don't care if I'm an imposter. I need this money to pay these bills. <laughs> <laughs> this is when the lizard the brain. The lizard you need brain to make that money in. real. I'm gonna be the best imposter there is because I need to get <laughs> paid. Imposter all the way to the bank. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think uh, um, Ira Glass says something about that. Where you know, I think a lot of us have like a high standard, right? Or like your taste is good. You know what's good, huh. mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. then when you produce something. Uh, you know, especially if it's like earlier in your, in your growth, it's not going to be as good as what your standard is, but you just got to do your best. And you, you learn from what you finish, I think. And then you apply to the next, I think, I I think about that sometimes because I'm, I always move that, that bar, (laughs) like, like the, the level I feel comfortable with now is not the one I had like five years ago. It's always, it'll always be ahead of me. Like I have a pole to the carrot and I'm always just running. I'm never going to yeah. reach it. I feel like but I'm I bringing that bar in a little bit. Yeah, when, I, when I was in college, when I was in college, my taste, my taste in college, were like, oh, only the finest. And now I'm like, you know, they did it. They made a movie. Let's, I'll call that yeah. good. I had a, uh, I remember watching, I watched a for um, effort, a for effort. <laughs> I watched uh, 2001 Space Odyssey for the first time like a few years ago. And I was like, damn, that was uh, an amazing film. Yeah, and I, I never want to do anything like that. <laughs> like, I was like, that fool lives such a tortured life. Like, yeah. uh, I don't want to live my life like that. You know, uh, I don't need that level of uh, perfection, I guess. And it's always like, uh, 
don't know. They're just like muscles that you exercise and then you, I don't know, maybe I, it feels weird. Cause I feel like, uh, I still edit myself a lot in like emails and stuff. Like I'll be like, Oh, I got to delete that just, or I got to delete that, you know, statement. Expletive. That was, yeah, that, that word. <laughs> um, and I, and I still do that a lot or I have to delete that. Sorry. Or I have to stop saying sorry. And it's like, okay, I'm just like exercising this muscle. And then one day I'm, I know I'm going to like, I know one day I'm going to be really good at just not, not, not having to edit myself <laughs> because I'm not going to feel bad at what, about what I said. Or, Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Charles, this is... I was typing fastly. <laughs> what? <laughs> Charles. Charles. That's racist. Oh, Charles. Number one. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. The, I swear the yellow was on... T- I swear the yellow box was on Lee's video. I swear. The one yeah. the voices, bro. We're going to cancel Carolina. Go <laughs> <laughs> get this whole podcast canceled. Guys, we're on Zoom. It's a Zoom call, and the box turns yellow when you're talking. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Next question, Judith. I think this is a good one to end on. So at Ray Paula 79. I'm sorry if I butchered that. Um, R-A-I Paula. Uh, tips on how to beat imposter syndrome one day at a time. Uh, what are the little steps towards improvement? I think one thing I did a lot was just making small goals of just like, I'm going to give my opinion and I'm going to give one opinion in this meeting. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what the response is. I'm just going to do it. And by the end of this reading, if I don't, then I'm going to punish myself somehow afterwards. I don't know if you have to go that far, oh. but <laughs> don't listen to that. Oh my God. Wow. Wow. You had me at self-flagellation. <laughs> Jesus. Cut that part out. But yeah, the first part. <laughs> I mean, I think I step back and like, usually I'm ignoring some positivity that's already come my way. Like, and I try to hmm. step back and focus on that. Like, it's usually like, man, after we love this and we love that. And I'm like, I'm a terrible story artist. I'm just going to listen to that for the rest of the day. Um, and so I try to step back and listen to that. And then just, I really try to remember why I do what I do. It's because I love telling stories and like what interests me about it. For me personally, there's other things, but the one that I'm like, the top of my head that I know and I'm willing to share is my, I hate drawing perspective. I'm very bad at it. Uh, I don't enjoy it. It's like, I don't want to get better at it. I could, <laughs> but it brings me great anxiety to try and get better at it. And uh, I'm like, you know what? You don't have to do it right now. You can do it later. We'll get to that building shot tomorrow. <laughs> or, and like, we you got know, layout. It's fine. They, we've they got layout. Go. You work for a CG animation studio. <laughs> it's going to be okay. And specifically now that the movie's out, there's one scene that they kept getting me to board, which is like crossing the carnival, which I think there's a version of that still in the movie. I can't remember now, but the toys had to cross the entire freaking carnival mm. in one scene, scene. And then like, and my director was just like, and there's uh, food trucks and buildings. And, and I was just like freaking out every time I'd get back, it was sent back to me. Um, and then a lot of it was um, also in an RV truck. And I was just like, here we go. Perspective shots of toys looking up in this RV truck. And so I was like, what, what's funny to me about this scene? What, can I, what do I enjoy about it? And thinking about that first and then uh, worrying about the stuff I don't like 
later. And then, and not letting that like, here we go, you can't draw perspective. You got hired at Pixar, you can't draw. And just letting that cycle start to happen, just doing that first. And then just straight up asking for help. It's okay, people aren't like shocked if you need help. Everyone has strengths and weaknesses. Um, and just spending the time, some time like going and bothering one of my uh, teammates and asking for help. Um, and knowing that I'm gonna, you know, slowly get better at this will always be my Achilles heel thing and just accepting it and not feeling like this means I'm a terrible artist helps me get through the day. Uh, but I still clinch up if there's like, if someone sends me a scene and they're like, it's a heavily uh, environment based sequence. It, there is a, a bit of a freak out. Yeah, yeah. Three point perspective showing Hong Kong skyscrapers. Well, you know, I worked on Seoul and they're like, you know, Joe's walking down the street of downtown in New York, like he's getting all that. I'm like, <sighs> please give that to Mike. <laughs> please give me all the abstract fun Seoul worlds like stuff, please. The background is just uh, stock photos of cityscapes. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what is this? <laughs> Transformed down. Yeah. You can Photoshop that, make it legit. I think showing people, you know, asking for help is is a huge thing. Or just talking to people, I think um, art can be such a prideful thing. You want to try to figure things out yourself. But, like, if you're starting to spiral, uh, it's always nice to tap people and just get their thoughts because it can help clarify mm-hmm. something for you if you're just, like, going in circles. I'll go in circles a lot and be like, I don't know. And then someone will just be like, oh, yeah, that do that. And like, oh, yeah, okay. You yeah, know, like I'm not yeah. as smart as this person. How do they figure it out? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but usually they'll come over and they'll be like, "You had it, you had it right there," and I'll be like, oh, yeah. "I did." They're like, yeah, it was right there in, the, in your little notes. You, yeah. you freaked out. Exactly. I think that's the big thing of like people are afraid to ask for help because you don't want to feel like you don't know, and it's like just laugh. ask. Like yeah. always ask for help because at the end of the day, it's like even if someone helps you in a scene, you're still gonna get the credit for a scene. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, here's you've been. This is a thing that I think it's hard for story artists to do, but I'm like, whatever, asking for more time mm-hmm. for like mm-hmm. assignments. I'm like, well, it's a lot of it's a it's a big scene, and the, the deadline was kind of uh determined based on how long previous kinds of scenes have kind of uh taken, right? But not everything, it's not, it's always situational. Mm-hmm. So I felt like very okay about like, uh, because you have to watch your health too. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can kill yourself trying to finish it at a, at a certain time. And, you know, but um, some productions I've been on, have been very, 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 very considerate about health and asking for more time. And I get it. Yeah, and I, I mean, don't kill myself. That helps the industry too. Cause you're mm-hmm. not helping anybody if you're like, doing more work than you should yeah pulling all-nighters or something that's just unrealistic yeah um, yeah sets unrealistic standards yeah and i just wanted to add that usually changing up my plan of attack usually helps i usually i feel like in posture comes the strongest when i'm sitting at my desk and i'm just control z control z erasing i can't get it oh my god i have a deadline and like you know getting up and leaving or like you know thumbnailing somewhere outside coming back to it doing something else and then getting to that section later is 
largely it's largely where the 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 problem usually comes from is just me forcing it to come out and that's never how any any of my ideas or successful work has ever happened and I, I forget it every time I get a new sequence um so I think just changing your perspective really does help me learn how to draw perspective I actually I saw a tip <laughs> recently on procrastination that you should always be working on two projects at a time so that like when you get stuck on oh, one, I do that all the time. The other. <laughs> it's true. That's true. And when true. The, and I think procrastination, like, you know, it's bad, but like sometimes procrastination forces me to not have time to have imposter syndrome. I don't have any more time. I just uh -huh. have to draw it really fast. And then uh -huh. they're like, oh, beautiful, great idea. I just went with my yeah. gut instead of second guessing like 10. 15 different times, like whether or mm -hmm. not it should work. And if it doesn't work, then the director will just tell me it's fine. I don't have to yes. have all the answers. Right. Yeah. It's not like it, like for me during that time of procrastination, I'd never come up with anything more brilliant than what <laughs> right. I had you know, thought of originally. So I'm like, <laughs> I might as well just do what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> but that, what happened has done is also very helpful with dealing with it. This isn't the end all be all. Like this isn't it. This isn't the one shot to succeed or fail. It's it's all work in process in progress. So you get the scene, you do your things, people, director and other people are gonna look at it, they're gonna change, it's gonna change. This is not the only shot. We, there's chances, there's other chances. And also what's the culture. What was that? <laughs> well I just want no, well, I just wanted to say what also honestly helps is um, being okay that you feel it like the, yeah. the posture syndrome like soaking in right being okay because you can beat yourself up for feeling it and that's like even worse like you get it's like it's like digging yourself so deep and just like give yourself time to feel it and accept that that's okay that you're feeling it mm -hmm. and then you know but give it a time you know yeah, give yourself a good linger forever get a good 10 15 minute freak out moment Right before, mm -hmm. and then and then get into it. Like, all right, all right. I think Yace was the one who told me that. Like, from the minute he gets the paper, is is uh, his instant freak out. <laughs> you're stressing. You're stressing. You're stressing. Yeah. Then you're like, okay, and I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna get coffee. It's like just as long as you make some time for it. Yeah, I feel like every time I got pages, it's always just like I have no idea how I'm gonna board this. Do I even know how to board? Like, I don't see it at all. I don't know how I'm gonna do this. <laughs> Don't be a story artist. <laughs> that's how you avoid oh, imposter syndrome. No. And There's that's so the culture. Good... No, no, no. <laughs> There's so many good and hopeful questions in there. Should I just like save some? What's the what's the range? What do we got left? There's one that's like, have you ever had um, the opposite of imposter syndrome and bit off more than you could chew? Um, there's one that's like, yeah. how to know the difference between imposter syndrome and actual inexperience. I'm constantly switching in between I'm a genius and I totally suck. Do you have any advice for that? So yeah, I had me when I wanted to become a story artist. Yeah, I was like, oh, I could <laughs> do that. There's always I told, got the, you. I told you, got Carl. The job. I was like, what you hung out with those ones. It was like, look at these idiots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could do that job. They think they're funny. You this cracked, is what they're bringing. Charles cracked a couple jokes at lunch, and he's like, ah, that's what they do, right? <laughs> I'm funny. I'm so I'm so <laughs> entertaining. I mean, I feel like that's kind of like life, right? You're always in between that, like, I am crushing it today, and then like sure. immediate, like, I suck at life. That's just that's just par for yeah. the course. And that's you, how you know you're alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And you just gotta make sure you're in the middle. You gotta check yourself. Cause if you be coming in too, too hot too often and you're firing off notes on everyone else's stuff, fix this, fix this, you know, just keep <laughs> rain, rain, rain it in. Um, but it's fine. It's, it's going to happen being, being really confident one minute. There'll be time where I'll draw something. I'll be like, did I just draw that? That is good. <laughs> I do that too, but about like old drawings and I'm like, I don't have it anymore. <laughs> oh. yeah. Self-imposter man, syndrome. Like, oh. <laughs> I was just thinking, well, should we do a closing before I just say my weird thoughts for the future? <laughs> yeah, we can do some kind of closing statement. Hang in there. 2021's around the corner. Wear a mask. Yes, we're in the um, age of a, entering the age of Aquarius. <laughs> Is that a good thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be an artistic time. It's, you know, it's going to be great. That's the culture. <laughs> 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 <laughs>